Hello and welcome to the program. I am Luke Hunt and this is another podcast for The Diplomat. And with me is Tita Boot, who has done extraordinarily well on the Cambodian art scene as a uh, fine arts photographer in a very difficult time as uh, COVID is taking hold. For the younger artists and for the people who are trying to move ahead, it's really been a very difficult time. Tita, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you, Luke? Uh, we're doing okay. Now, take me through your work. What inspires you? Many things inspire me, but mainly it's um, this love to take photo of a, a person, you know. I remember asking you once, how many photographs do you take before you know you've uh, got yeah. what you want? And I think you responded, it's nearly always the first photograph. Ah, uh, for like a, a project, when I begin a new project, something yes. like this. You know what, I think it is... It is actually funny because like every time I begin a new project, like a mm-hmm. new, you know, portrait series or, or over the subjects, I, I always tend to take more photo than I intended to. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the first few minutes, like the first five minutes, you know, I already got the shot. Right. And um, it's when people are most like, like there is that strange... Um, Tension. Tensions between us, you know, like a, a connection, because like they don't really know me, I don't mm-hmm. really know them, and for for me, I think portrait is such an intimate form of uh, photography, you know, because your subject has to be almost comfortable with you, and they have to really open themselves up to you, and even for me as the photographer, you know, I have to to kind of like make them feel comfortable, but. Mm-hmm at the same time try to make myself feel comfortable so that I don't come off too, um, too, too tense. Yeah. Um, Your work is quite sensual and very colourful, but it's not yeah. overtly sexual. There's nothing, um, there's nothing really soft porny about it. There's uh, no... Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny that you say that because, like, I had, um, I had a number of people who came to me and mm. actually maybe as jokingly, you know, they say, oh, um, is it soft porn that you are doing? Right. Um, for me, it is not, you know, for, for me, my work where when I show a person like either male or female and when they are naked, mm-hmm. I, I, like mostly in my work, you know, it's, it's a lot of skins, a lot of um, nothingness, you know, like right. to cover well, them and it's. Do you have any harsh memories of growing up in Cambodia in the 1990s? Mm. Or were you sheltered from? No, my my childhood was uh, pretty okay. It was pretty good. Mm, I, I don't think I was affected by the war because I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. But no, but growing up in Cambodia in general, I've always felt so much like my heart always feel quite heavy you know because like sometime i i would like go for a drive with my mom she she used to take me out a lot you know on a drive around riverside and stuff and and i remember just thinking to myself like i'm so lucky to be in a car driving mm-hmm. but the people outside you know some of them are are not living a really good condition mm-hmm. of life and mm-hmm. i think that that used to touch me very much and poverty poverty and you know seeing like kid the same age like at that time I was eight nine years old you know and I see like kid the same age as me on the street begging and I just thought that like life was pretty unfair and and still now you know like it still affects me the um yeah to just see people not like you know struggle with their with, with their life still and and especially during this COVID I, I just wonder like 
like how can some people survive you know doing what they do now like not having enough privilege and not having that much luck how does that impact on your work um how does that impact on my work i i think this this what make me want to do I think this is why I love portrait photography, like to just take photo of people and to really to really see something, you know, in in their face. And that's why I do a lot of photo of uh, people because um, of this, yeah, I don't know, this this feeling, this connection that I have with strangers that that I don't know, but somehow I feel uh, I feel their vibration, you know, like like when I pass them or Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... You were born in 1996, two years before the war ended. Cambodia was still pretty much a failed state, and the art scene back then was, I can vouch for that, was uh, very much two-dimensional. It has slowly evolved, and there have been some success stories. How do you see the art scene now in Cambodia? To me, it seems to be a lot more refined, and it certainly has a brighter future than what people were talking about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, definitely. I think at the moment, the art scene in Cambodia is uh, flourishing. You know, there are so many talented artists, um, older artists, you know, who's been in this for so long, or Mm -hmm. the the pioneer. Mm-hmm. you know who begin um, this sort of uh, feel and then there are also emerging young artists um, like myself you know we right. are we are coming in and we are offering something that is a bit more modern but you know it is a statement to say that like we are the younger generation and this is how we perceive the world now and this is what we wanted to offer to you know, um, people sure. through our art, through our form of expression, and in a few more years, I think the art scene will be exploding even more than it does now. Right. But for sure, the art scene right now in Cambodia is um, heading in the right direction. You know, there are. What are the contemporary issues confronting Cambodian artists and the subjects that they are working with? A contemporary issue. Like. Um male-female relations, race relations. Mm. I remember 20 years ago speaking at a panel and all people wanted to hear was that a Khmer Rouge tribunal would Mm. happen. I spoke at another panel about three months ago and the younger audience were like, we're fed up with the Khmer Rouge tribunal. When is it going to end? At the age of 24, we're almost two years into the COVID Mm. era. Right when you, you should be going ahead, that has brought things to a halt. How do you think the new reality will unfold for Cambodian artists post-COVID? Post-COVID. Where do you you see your work going? Mm, I think think my work will continue to to go the way that it is going right now. Um, But of course, you know, with some adaptations to how the COVID has shaped it, our way of working and our way of doing things. Do you spend more time in the studio? I mean, at the Less moment, time marketing. <laughs> I mean, I still do a lot of marketing for myself and uh, the work that I did recently with uh, this exhibition from Disability to Visibility, the the new series, Organic Senses series. Right, okay. Tell me back through that. Let's go through step by step. Mm. Disability to... Yeah, from Disability to Visibility, it's um, I curated a new um, series mm-hmm. called Organic Senses 
And uh, my friend Miguel, who curated the exhibition, asked me to be a part of this. You know, at first I was hesitating mm -hmm. because I was like not sure what I could bring to the table. And he was saying to me that like perhaps I could do portrait of um, people who are disabled. Right. And to you know like shine a different light through um, my eyes. Uh, this is where things have changed in Cambodia. To ask a blunt question, what mm. type of disabilities? Ah, so the one that I did, my subject that I chosen spe mm -hmm. uh, specifically are, uh, one, she is a dancer, like mm -hmm. a really good dancer from Epic Art, and I know her since I was 16. Mm -hmm. um, she is unable to hear and to speak right. uh, since birth. Right. And the other one, the other subject that I did is Jan Poon, who is a quite a renowned artist here, painter, Jan right. Poon, and he lost his right arm in the brick factory when he was 11 years old. Why I ask that is this type of art form has been around for a while in Cambodia, mm -hmm. but like the Khmer Rouge tribunals, it was always focused on uh, victims of landmines, or yeah. it was always or always had that war edge about it. And I think what mm. I'm driving at is Cambodia is moving away from that. It's yeah. the, the war has been over since almost you were born, mm. and the country is moving on. Yeah. I mean, exactly like, like for me personally, I think it is important to understand your roots and to know mm. your history and to respect, you know, the the terrible thing that happened to our, like my elder, you know, like the sure your parents' and, generation yeah, and my your parents, grandparents. Yeah, my grandparents' generation. It was a thirty-year war. Sure. But like, mm. but like I think it is like right now at this time, it's also important to move past this, you know, like this is a thing of the past, and I mean, of course, one should always remember and understand the pain that we had all suffer and the indirect influence that this has caused, you know, us. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to, you know, to like, like, especially in your art, like if you are an artist, it's important to not just put the collective past in your work, but it's, it's more about you, you know, like mm -hmm. how, how it is that you see the world now and how it is that the world is shaping you, like your current right. society. So to offer something new, to offer something that is like, ah, oh, this is the future, this is the new hope. Mm -hmm. Politically, Cambodia has, uh, it's a one-party state, quite authoritarian mm. compared with previous years, particularly going back to before the election in 2018. How do you see the role of art when measured against politics? Mm, I think art and politics go well hand in hand, despite its contrast, you know, and despite mm -hmm. it being on a different spectrum right yeah so they complement each other but I think I think the only thing I, I could say is that like art shouldn't be used as a uh, a tool you know to create a certain emotion in politics right it should be perceived as something that is neutral you know it's just there independent independent yeah for sure like art can be there you know in the politics scene but it shouldn't be something that push or pull well then there's a danger of art becoming uh propaganda mm, for sure, and yeah. at that point I would not never sell myself as an artist but as a journalist once you become a tool for that propaganda yeah. or your independence is gone and your cre credibility suffers as a, exactly. as a result and then you will start to feel like all oh, your art should only be made for that one purpose you know which mm -hmm. is in a way kind of like defective to yourself right. because now you're not producing art like the whole point of making art is to make other people around you happy but it's also to feel that satisfaction inside you you know mm -hmm. knowing that you could produce something better and better each time but if you focus your art into just for me, especially in politics, I think it could be quite consuming for your... Right. You spent quite a bit of time studying 
overseas. Mm -hmm. uh, New York. New York, yeah. I L really enjoy it there. <laughs> London. London as well, yeah. But I, I went to school for business and design management. Right. I, I didn't take photography. I wanted to when I was in high school, mm -hmm. but I was not sure if it was the right path for me, you know. I thought that photography was just something of a hobby, something that I would just continue to do for fun along my serious right. job. But, you know, like upon coming back, I realized that like what I consider a serious job, it doesn't bring me fulfillment. It doesn't make me happy. Sure. And I think... I think by going to, especially in New York, you know, where I get the opportunity to study amongst like really good students and like Well, this good is what professor. I wanted to ask you. What did you bring back from New York? What from did New you York? bring back from London? Mm, I think it just, what, what do I bring back? Huh. Many things I bring back. Uh, banters, for once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do bring back this, um, like, you know, in New York, I, I learned a lot about myself and my work. Like, when I was in London, I thought that I was top of the class, you know? Right. But when I went to New York, I realized, man, I am the bottom of the bottom of the class. Because, like, this student, they are so talented at what they are doing. And on top of that, they are researching and, like, learning and improving themselves every day. And so it's, it's this work ethic that I kind of bring back, you know, with me. Where, like, right now, when I'm doing my work, I always try to push myself to make better photo, mm -hmm. you know, like then the last time I did it, try to offer something new in my photo, not just the same lighting, not just the same emotion, right. something something um, new each time, if, sure. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's evident in your exhibitions. I mean, mm. there are lots of portrait photographers around. Yeah. Uh, your work is mm. different. It's bigger, it's bolder, mm. flashier, uh, it's uh, sensual. How do you fit in? or do you not fit in and uh, you're forcing the agenda at the ripe old age of 24? I, I don't think I can compare myself to other portrait photographer. I mean, every photographer and every artist has their own style. Mm -hmm. And I suppose perhaps my style of doing my work is more relatable to a lot of people, you know, because like I, I think when people look at my work or what have been told is that they, they feel like, ah, you really capture that person, you know, right. like as they are, you know, like I... I don't tend to over edit it, o editing um, my my photo. Mm -hmm. um, like the skin and the flesh, you know, I maintain its um, originality. Like right. You're not just um, playing around with Photoshop as some people will want to do. You know what? I actually <laughs> don't work with Photoshop so much. Uh, I use Lightroom a lot because mm -hmm. I think it's more real. It's almost like um, like with Lightroom, I felt like it's a similar um, process to editing your picture manually in the dark room right yeah you don't you don't change or you don't add you don't twist so much you know you maintain its authenticity mm -hmm. but at the same time kind of like offer that filter as an artist right into it uh, for me I, I like to to create like more nostalgic for my work so that's why there's a lot of green in my work you can so, see there's also a lot of movement a lot of motion in your work it's not just sort of um photograph head and shoulder photographs of people uh, sitting yeah. down there it's it's not like that at all mm, there, there's there's definitely you know a process as to how i mm -hmm. i take my photos a lot of the time the subjects are staying quite still most of the time i made them i just tell them like be who you are be comfortable mm -hmm show me what you want to show me and show me what you're comfortable you know right. and and then throughout the session some people became more comfortable than others and and i mean i i, I take the photo but it's also depend on 
my subjects too, you know. Right. And if my subject does not compliment with me, mm -hmm. the photo doesn't always come out so nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you need to focus on different segments of the market? Like, uh, I know there are some Cambodian artists who refuse to sell anything for under 5,000 US dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that that would happen in Cambodia 20 years ago was just unfathomable. Yeah. But the market itself, I mean, artists need to eat, they need to live, they need to survive. Mm -hmm. How do you get more money into the system? How do you get how do you yeah. get that attention? Corporate sponsorship, government sponsorship, ASEAN, the Association mm -hmm. of Southeast Asian Nations has an enormous budget for the arts. Yeah. But how do you access that as an independent? Mm, yeah. Definitely, I think to have more support from the government would really help push the art scene, you know. Because right. I think like if artists feel like they could have this support from the government, they would feel more free to put their expressions on their canvas or on their photo, you know. But And to actually fully show how they feel mm -hmm. and what their art is. And I think now it can be for, for some artists, you know, like they hesitated to really show what it is that they want to show because there is not right. enough support. And we also don't have enough platform here at the moment. Like we do have galleries and we do have like online um, exhibition that we can access. Mm. You know, there's like talk and seminar and all of that. But do they really work, or is it more of a talk fest among artists? I, I don't know. I don't know if it works or not. I mean, like there. It is new territory. This is all evolving with COVID, of mm. course. I think for sure, you know, like for like a lot of young artists like who are still students who, right. are, who are not doing art as a career I think this is something that really helped them so much right. they're getting access to people they probably yeah. would not have had access mm. to before getting access but then also feel like oh if I finish school and I want to do art mm -hmm. I know that there is someone out there who's already doing it you know like they would feel more um, confidence confident yeah to go out and do it like right. whereas before there is not that much of talk or seminar or platform Right. And the the younger artists feel a bit like, uh, you you know, like I had I had some young artists who came to me like he he's a, a musician, mm -hmm. and uh, he play in this um, metal metal band. Right. Yeah, like hard rock metal, you know. And yeah. for Cambodia, it's hard like, rock metal band. Yeah, yeah, like for Cambodia, it's so new. Like, what is this? Yeah. And even for the older generation, they like, what are you doing? Like, this is not music. This is just you screaming, you know. Right. At what point did you decide to become a photographer? And what was there a moment that you decided you wanted mm. to do art? Yeah, yeah, there was. It, it was a really uh, major turning point for me. So, like for those who didn't know, when I came back from England from my university, I started a video game bar in Campot, mm -hmm. and uh, the business was supported by my mom, of course, you know. Um, and she supported me and she thought that like uh, you can you know give it a try and see if you like it or not and I did and I really loved the project that I did but at one point I was waking up in the morning and I'm just like this is not what I want like right. I don't want to be here standing behind the bar serving drink and listening to people's story like of course right. it's interesting but I want to listen to their story in a in a different form you know in the form that I love and and at that time, I was also doing photography on the side, but not for money. It was for friends, you know, they got some gig and I take some photo for them. And they really love it and mm -hmm. I love the photo. And then I got a gig, my first gig in Campot was to do a photo for this couple mm -hmm. at uh, Meraki. And, and I did it and it was the first time I, I got paid, you know, for 
my photo right. and I was like oh I actually could uh, do something like this but you know I was still hesitating I was not sure if I should just leave my business you know leave my partner mm -hmm. to do all the business and uh, but yeah but then at one point you know I woke up and I actually I woke up at like like I went through this period where I woke up so late you know I didn't want to get out of bed and and so I was just sitting there you know one morning and I just cried my eye out I'm like is this like what I'm gonna be like in 30 years you know like is this like where I want my life to be at and then like uh, a month after I packed my bag I moved to Phnom Penh I messaged uh, Milia, Milia Constantin she's um she's a model mm -hmm. and she's actually one of the models that i shot back in 2016. i didn't have any photo at that time because um the photo got lost you know somewhere mm -hmm. and so i came back in 2018 to Phnom Penh and i messaged her like oh hey Milia, i'm coming back do you think you want to shoot sometime right and started from there and i started from there i i would say yeah she's the first person that i that kind of like you know give me that Oh, confident that oh okay I can I can shoot the portraits that I want to shoot and I got my first job with clipper the clipper lighter and uh, okay I was pretty happy with that too I'm like oh now I can also do product and I can do portrait right. so you know just experimenting and, th and then came the art and then came the art I mean I was doing photography back in London like portrait photography for fun you know mm -hmm. and then I came here and I continue continue to do it mm -hmm. And you know, like with time, I started to, and it's not just time; it's the people that I surround myself with, with you know, like. Now this, and this brings us back to another point: is mm. um, what did your parents say when you said you wanted to be a professional photographer? Um, actually, and, as, and an art photographer at that. Yeah, my, my parents are quite supportive, actually. Mm -hmm. Like the, my mom was the first person who got me my my first camera. Right. And she saw that I like photography a lot, so she got me this. And you know, I was just doing it as a hobby, taking mm -hmm. photo here and there. Um, and after my study, I came back, and and when I decided to to do photography, they actually support me very much. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom and my my mom, you know, she comes to my exhibition all the time. Right. Yeah. I, do you think you're an exception to the rule in Cambodia, where? Uh, uh, parental expectations mm. and the sorts of jobs they were they would like their children to have don't necessarily take them into the arts yeah I, I think I am quite lucky to have parents who are very free-minded you know mm -hmm. like especially um, at, at their age being Cambodians and growing up most of their life here in Cambodia my my parents are definitely very open-minded about what I do and they are very supportive actually not just quite and I think I it, it's a blessing for me, you know, to have this kind of support, and and definitely it is an exception to many parents. Like I had friends who parents do not support them very much when mm -hmm. it comes to their decision in art, which is a shame, you know, because some of them, mm -hmm. yeah, some of them are are so talented. Like when I was in high school, actually, I remember I got a friend who an exceptional artist you know she works with mixed media and collages and she do paper cutting and she, she is incredibly talented at you know 16 right. 17 but after now she's doing something that she doesn't like because parents told her parents so. tell her like the art is not for you you will have no career in art right and and these are middle class kids too it's not just yeah. the villages it, yeah I mean like in in the rich the yep. the middle class 
you know the villager like it's it's really sim similar mentality they think that like in like art does not bring you money right because it's too close to your your heart i suppose well this goes back to what we were saying before in terms mm. of cambodia to have a flourishing art scene mm. it needs the middle classes and the ruling elite, yeah. for want of a better term, to step up to the plate and actually buy art. Mm. And given uh, cultural associations with uh, displays of wealth, yeah. do you see that improving? Are people buying more art now than perhaps they would have five years ago? Bearing in mind your career has, been, has still been relatively short. You've gone a long yeah. way. I think, I think so. At the moment, I got a lot of clients who are... Cambodian um, mm. and the the service I'm offering to them are you know the freelance photography but in terms of my art um, my the most the major clientele I have are still a foreigner right whereabouts uh, French English mm-hmm. um, American right yeah but yeah I mean for sure you know like it's th- there needs to be more um, more support from the middle class and you know the elite to buy art mm-hmm. and to I think for some people you know like they are they hesitate to buy art because they don't see that it could they don't see it as an investment right or they don't see that like okay I buy art it's just gonna hang on my wall like what's the point you know sure. and and I think if you can make them see that like Yo, the value. Yeah, there, there is more value to art than just including including the. the it's a dirty word, but including the financial gains. It is, yeah. I mean, for some people, they buy it and they uh, reinvest the art into something. You know, sure. I got one client who's buying my art and stocking it up now, just so that like in the future, he feel like oh. the value will increase. Where do you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now? You have a future. I, it I is hope bright. so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I mean, I, I see myself continue to do what I do right now. Mm-hmm. I would love for my work to be of a larger scale, you mm-hmm. know, to be seen and touch more people than it already does now. And definitely I would love to to give more impacts and more depth to my work. Right. And do you see yourself traveling, hopefully exhibiting back in London and New York where you uh, first cut your... Yeah, I I would love to actually. Um, I made some plan to travel to the U.S. this year, mm-hmm. and um, I made some plan to visit some galleries. So, right. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Like I haven't kept in touch with anyone yet, but um, right. let's see how it goes. You know, like like I I I am a believer that like the right thing will happen at the right time if you put in your effort, and and you know like everyone has their own place and have their own time you know you just have to work hard to believe in what you do and to just to just keep being who you are and do what you do you know and um and things will happen around you yeah it's like the law of attraction you know like think positive good thing happen (laughs) if that makes sense it does indeed and on that note tita but thank you very much thank you so much luke